that's a true tell sign that 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 deer is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to mention that you got to be careful with that, not to scare the deer. So I would I would practice that. It's not something I'd go out and say, "Hey, let's try that snort sniff wheeze thing we heard about." And, and I mean, it's something that you really need to be pretty good at before you're going to pull it off. Right. And, and like clicking, that's another new call that mm-hmm. calling technique that they didn't realize bucks were making and. Again, you know, it's something to add to your arsenal. Know when to use it, how to use it, and then uh, what it's for. Well, I can't do the clicking because my wife would get mad if I took the remote with me to the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Wiseline Technology presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friend. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Uh, Wayne Locke joins me in the studio. Alex will be with us here in just a little bit. And, Wayne, good to have you in the studio. You haven't been here in a couple of weeks. No, yeah, I had to take last week off. My daughter got married, and in the same weekend that that happened, unfortunately, my uh, grandson uh, fell, and uh, yeah. he's one years old, and he got himself a brain bleed. But uh, thanks to uh, prayers and Doctors and just a whole lot of luck and and that um, guardian angel uh, he's okay. fine he was uh, he spent forty eight hours in the hospital he got released and uh, doesn't look like he has any after effects so very good praise on that very good and and boy that happens and you know that's the thing I worried about when the kids were little when the grandkids were little is you know when they first start walking mm-hmm. every time they get close to the coffee table or anything that they might fall and hit their heads on. I'm like, oh. Right. Yep. Yeah, and this is the first time he crawled out of a crib. Oh, really? Yeah, and then boom, down he went, and he caught oh. a toy on the that was laying yeah. just underneath the crib and hit that toy just right. And But uh, luckily, the bleed was between the skull and the brain and just reabsorbed okay. over time, and he's now he's out running now around. And, all right. Well, that's good. <laughs> he's probably going to fall good. out again. That's good news. <laughs> uh, the other good news, though, Wayne, is uh, as you folks hear this show on Saturday, it is officially modern firearms deer season in Missouri and Arkansas. And I know... Bow hunters have been hunting now for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there are the hardcore bow hunters who think we shouldn't even have a rifle season, uh, but we do, uh, and and we have to to support all the rest of the stuff that goes on in the outdoors because it is by far the biggest moneymaker for the Missouri Department of Conservation. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, just look. And at any them. other any other state where they have deer hunting, it is a huge uh, bankroll for. The state agency, whether it be Department of Conservation, Game and Fish, whatever they have. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you can add up your fishing license, your hunting license, your deer tags, your turkey tags, and then you add that up and then take that total and compare it to, let's say, people that just donate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. what are we talking, 1%? Yeah. So well, and, and all those take- bird watchers can thank us hunters <laughs> for allowing you to have a park to visit and not a sky rise. Well, it doesn't all come from there, but a large, <laughs> large part of it does. And, and you know, and, and I thought you were going to go with, and I was going to agree, you can take all the, uh, the hunting or the fishing license and hunting license and then turkey tags and, and the other special tags, mm-hmm. add them all up, and they won't equal what is spent on deer tags. Hmm. I never looked at it that way. Yeah, that's exactly right. Wow. Uh, yeah, that is a proven statistic. So it is the biggest thing in the outdoors, uh, in the outdoor industry, is uh, uh, rifle deer hunting. And, and and bow hunting is right there, too, but uh, rifle hunting is just... And, and the weekend weather is fantabulous. I mean, Saturday morning expected to be around 30, highs in the 
you know, 50 to 52 degree range. And then on Sunday, back down around 30 for a low, high in the uh, low to mid 50s. That's perfect hunting weather. Oh, I'm sure social media is going to be blowing up with deer pictures oh, and trophy pictures. And the bucks are in the rut. Yeah, they're moving big time now. I mean, I, we've been watching them chase each other just out my in my field over by my house there in the uh, field. They're chasing each other around. Now, it's more the younger bucks right now, but... Mm-hmm. We're starting to see, you know, more movement on the Wise Eye cameras now. I've got bigger bucks that are coming into the area uh, on different farms that I have my cameras up on, and uh, now I'm starting to see the bigger bucks coming in yeah. and moving around more. So they're getting ready. They are getting ready, and this and weekend I, should be the key time to be out. Yeah, I would think so. All right, so a couple things uh, concerning the uh, deer season that I want to mention here before the first, and Alex is going to join us. We'll talk about some of this to later, but uh, Wayne, if you live in a county that is in a chronic wasting disease zone, and I I know Oregon County and uh, Ozark County, Stone County over in southwest Missouri, and then some other counties in southwest Missouri, and then there are some in eastern and southeastern Missouri, um, it is mandatory if you harvest a deer, buck or doe, this weekend, it is mandatory you have that deer tested for chronic wasting disease. CWD. Yep. And uh, all you got, all you got to do is take the deer or the deer head by one of the testing stations, and there are dozens of them all over the area. I mean, they're, they're just about anywhere. Any town is going to have a CWD testing site, and uh, you just take it by. It doesn't take five minutes. They they check you off the list. They compare your your hunting permit. They get the number down, and and, and they're going to know if you didn't because when you call in or you do your telecheck or you check your deer online, whatever you do. Uh, they're going to check the numbers. Right. And so there is a number to reference. And if you don't, you know, you can, you can get into a little bit of trouble. So guys, don't, don't forget that. If you are in a CWD zone, it is mandatory that you have your deer uh, tested only the first two days. Right. Saturday and Sunday. We're talking Missouri here now. And for our Arkansas listeners, folks may be listening anywhere else around the country. We're talking Missouri only right now. But, uh, if you want to have a deer tested and you kill it after Saturday or Sunday, those uh, checking stations will still be open. Well, and I was going <clears> to... <throat> so you can voluntarily get your deer tested. Yeah, I was going to actually lead into talking about that because I know the biologists that we've talked to last year and this year, you know, and I agree with them 100%. The more numbers and, and samples that they have, the better the the um, statistics are going to be, the results are going to be, the knowledge they're going to have to right. be able to make the rules around it and to help prevent this stuff. So even if you're in a non-CWD zone, Take your deer in, have it tested. You know, I mean, why not? And if you're in a CWD zone and it's past the two days, still take it in because they need the the, the tissue samples and the numbers yeah, to really need, yeah, get get true readings. To do a true study. Yeah. To do a real study. And, and one of the things about it is there are people out there that maybe don't want to eat a deer that maybe has CWD. And the only way to know is to have it tested. Right. And, and you know, not that uh, there's ever been any reports of CWD being passed to humans by eating a deer that's infected. Correct. That that's so far, right? But, you know, it's, and, and it's a personal that, thing yeah, whether personal you want thing. to or don't, or yeah. you know, you want to give it to your neighbor you don't like. I mean, hey, hey, wherever you want to <laughs> donate it to, I mean, I'm, well, if you want to be safe, <laughs> if you want to be, if you want to be safe, and just make sure for your own personal uh, peace of mind, uh, go have that deer tested. Yeah, right? and it doesn't cost you anything either. Nope, it doesn't cost you a thing. And it's another, you know, if it's if it's a nice big old mature, you know, big eight or big ten or big twelve point, it's it's a little bit of bragging rights too. 
Right. And this is something that MDC has no fee for. Take advantage of it. There's not many of those out there. No, there's not. No, there's not. Anyway, season is going on in both Missouri and Arkansas. We're going to wish all the hunters uh, very good luck out there. And, and again, we talked about a moment ago, weather absolutely perfect. It looks like we're hitting things right at the right time of the rut. And um, I agree with you, Wayne. Social media probably is just going to be absolutely filled up with good deer pictures this weekend. And it was last weekend for the Arkansas deer hunt. And by the way, Arkansas youth last week uh, knocked down uh, just a little shy of 9,000 deer. Okay. Uh, for, for the uh, two weekend or the two week, two days of the weekend uh, hunt. And of course, that's a far cry from what the Missouri kids did the week before. They knocked down almost 16,000. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if you'd heard those statistics. No, yeah, that's yeah, I yeah. The youth out, right. youth out of Missouri was almost sixteen thousand. It's fifteen thousand eight hundred and six. Actually, was the number, and in uh, Arkansas, just a little bit shy of nine thousand. So that's a lot of deer already a bit to death. Plus, for Missouri's first bear season, some bears are starting to to hit the ground too. Yes, they are. And some nice-looking yeah, ones, too. Good, yeah, <laughs> These bears. aren't no little cubs. <laughs> big bears. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. Alex Rutledge is going to be joining us shortly. Stay tuned. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Up a big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear. presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Alex Shetley's calling via phone from my home. I've got a mechanic here working on my rough and tough ETV, and I'm out here in my yard talking deer hunting with you guys. Guys, thanks for for everything you do. And, man, rifle season opens up this coming Saturday morning here in Missouri. Yeah, well, and as most people are hearing this, it's open right now. So, yeah, and, you know, probably some have already bit the dust by the time they hear the show. Probably. I'll say there's probably some yeah. people already getting their breakfast and the <laughs> buck sitting in the back of the truck there. Yeah. Hey, you know, Alex, so earlier this week I uh, uh, on my on my Redbone show, I posted uh, my question of the day. What is your favorite snack to take with you to the uh, deer stand or take you deer hunting? And uh, got some interesting answers. So I'm going to ask ask you the question, what is your favorite snack when you head to your uh, shooting house or out to the tree stand? Truthfully, I don't take many snacks with me when I hunt. Seriously, when I'm bow hunting, I don't. Now, if I'm rifle hunting because you can shoot further, greater distances, if I do bring a snack, I love Heath bars. Okay. (laughs) I have a weakness for Heath bars. And I like Snickers, and I like deer sticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like jalapeno and cheddar. 
Oh, yeah. That's probably my favorite snacks. Okay. Wayne, what about you? Well, I was going to see, I'm just going to test Alex's memory here and see if he remembers all them years as shooting the camera, what I was snacking on every time. Because he would laugh at me how much snacks I brought. <laughs> it was unreal. I, 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 I'd be in the stand waiting, you know, focused, and all of a sudden you're. Did you hear that? Deer? Oh, it's just me eating sunflower seeds. <laughs> but what, but do, you, do you remember what my favorite one was? Let's see. You would test your memory. Uh, I, I, Wayne, you eat so many different things. I couldn't believe how much you eat. Well, Snickers was my I, Snickers I was my number, number, number all one. day long. Yes, yeah, Snickers number one. Snickers you know, I, number one. You know, I have a Snickers bar right yeah. before I go on the air for every football game or every basketball game I broadcast. Okay, it's just for the energy boost. Yeah, I would take my Snickers and I cut them into bite sizes mm-hmm. before they came out with bite size Snickers, <laughs> and did. then uh, then you I would did. freeze them. Oh yeah, and I just then I would just keep them in my pocket and. Yeah. Just pop one in my mouth and then crunch away. Cut them up and eat them with a fork, like on Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite. My favorite. My favorite is a banana zingers. You know the little Debbie oh, cakes. Yep. Yeah, I love those things. And, and I'm kind of like you, Alex. I don't take them with me to the stand, but I leave them in the truck. Mm-hmm. And if I get hungry or we take a little break from hunting and, and go to the truck and get something to drink and, and have a little snack, and I've kind of taught my boys as as they've grown up that. You know, we don't eat in the woods. But something interesting happened during that conversation, and that was the number of people that like to take peanut butter and crackers. And the reason is, according to some of them, and Alex, you know this, deer love peanut butter. And they said they they they, they said they don't have to worry about the smell scaring the deer off. As a matter of fact, if a deer gets a whiff of it, they may come looking for it. Hence is one of the reasons I love my Snickers because yeah. it smells just like peanut butter. Yeah, well there you go. So guys, and if, deer love sweet stuff too. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah. Well, maybe I will take well, guys, my Snickers this week's bar with show. Me. Go ahead. I just say maybe I will take my snacks with me to the tree stand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, now and, and we're serious. We've been having fun. We've been having fun. Let's get serious. This week's show is hunting techniques for the peak rut. And right now, as you all know, I scout every morning, every evening, and I pay attention to my wise eye cameras and my hunt control. And the best near movement that I have seen the last week has been eight o'clock in the morning to about nine thirty. Then it slows down, then it picks back up at ten thirty, and slows back down around eleven thirty. And it'll pick back up again at noon, noon, and it, it may go to one o'clock. Then 2 o'clock again, one thirty to 2 o'clock, Katie bar the doors. They're moving like crazy uh, up until four thirty, five o'clock, coming to food plots and cruising in front of my cameras. So keep that in mind. That's what I've seen, and that's the most movement that I've had. You can go to your hunt control program if you're running wide-eye cameras, and it will actually tell you the most movement at which camera. So that is the most frequent times I have found, Wayne, Red bone mm-hmm. with my wise eyes. So pretty much, people need to go to the stand and plan on being there all day. I would. Right now, the way they're they're, they're acting, the bucks that you're seeing right now by themselves are satellite bucks. These bucks are seeking, trying to 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 slip in and steal a doe or catch a whiff of a doe. If you know where groups of does are at, you need to focus on the groups of does. Hunt the wind. Keep the wind in your face. Be clean, scent-free, uh, food sources, whatever it may be, food plots, acorn trees, whatever. Focus on that. 
know where the groups of does are at, you're going to find the bucks. I say it all the time. But you've got to hunt the wind. And when you go plan to set up where you're undetected, go into your hunting area undetected and keep something to your advantage where they can't get around you, like if you're hunting near steep drop-offs or bluffs, keep the wind in your face where you're watching these places, and you should close the deal on a good buck if you find the does. Yeah, I would agree. And the acorns are still falling. Man, it, it's like it's like rain outside of my house and the oak trees around in the yard. It, I mean, some of them, you know, I would have thought would have already been down. And, and they're still falling, so a lot of those deer are still going to be in the woods. I was, I was just going to say I came across two acorn trees um, the other day, and they still had green acorns up in the tree, which wow. I was really shocked about. But I went, I went up there and I shook the shook some down because I wanted to show my son the difference between them. And um, I couldn't believe that some of them were still green. They hadn't even turned yet. So I think we're going to have acorns, at least in this one area where my trees are at. I'm going to have acorns going through there probably for the next month. Yeah, I'll I tell you what, guys, something you, you probably a lot of people haven't noticed. Other If you're a logger, you probably have or seriously you have. The foliage has stayed on longer than normal. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of leaves still on the trees right now. We need a couple more big freezes to get rid of the rest of these leaves. And you're right, Redbone. There is acorn still dropping. Wayne, you're right. You're still seeing acorn. I think uh, we had a better acorn crop than we really realized. I just knew in my yard I've got some white oak trees that are 100 years old, and they did not drop as many acorns as they normally do. Mm. But the smaller trees just seem to have more acorns on them than any other trees, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and of course, with the foliage, we kind of you know knew that when we didn't get a freeze in October. I mean, we were up into November before we got our first freeze here locally, and and um, this weekend might be a weekend for another one, because we're expected to be down around 30 on Saturday and Sunday morning, so maybe we'll, we'll get another one. Plus, we haven't had any big windstorms either. No, not really. Uh, we need to go to break. Folks, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends, and more coming up right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Waddy with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American roots. Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors again. We're talking about peak rut hunting techniques and strategies. The deer here in southern Missouri right now, a lot of your dominant mature bucks are guarding does right now. They've been guarding does for the last week here in my home area. I don't know what's going on in your area because we've got listeners all over the world. But the secret to the success of closing down one of these mature bucks 
is he usually, when he guards these does, he's staying in a close, close area. He's not moving far here in the Ozarks, especially on my farms and the farms that I hunt. So what you got to do is you got to slip into these areas where you know they're going to feed or they're going to travel undetected, as I said in the other segment. Keep the wind in your face. Carry a grunt call with you, a rattling bag. And, yes, you can still call to these bucks that have does with them to get inside his comfort zone, kind of like a big gobbler. And, and he hears grunting and he hears rattling. Uh, a lot of times, them does will, will seek out what's going on. They try to cause trouble. How many of you have ever noticed a buck that's chasing does or staying with does, and they will take a buck into some of the strangest places, maybe mm-hmm. your front yard, maybe somebody's uh, in the middle of a county road? Think about it. They do that trying to think that buck will not follow them. They think, oh, this is a dangerous spot. This buck won't follow me. That's what I think they're thinking. They yeah, would take them in some of the strangest places you've ever seen in life. I've heard of bucks being in the city limits of town, downtown squares before during yeah. the rut. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right, and, and that happens. I mean, you know, I live in Thayer, and at this time of the year, uh, we always get reports of, "Hey, there's a buck running, you know, over in this neighborhood or that neighborhood." And uh, I remember one year we had a big buck run, run right down Main Street in Mammoth Spring, Arkansas. Hmm. I mean, just right down yeah. Main Street, shut shut traffic down until he got out of town. Alex, interesting story. Before we go to break here, uh, the the guy that owns the farm where I go hunt. I'm just going to say it's up around Dalton. That's all I can say. Uh, I've hunted up there for the last yeah. three or four years. Called me the other day. He said, interesting thing happened this morning. He said, I saw a big doe coming across the field behind the house. He said, there were two bucks chasing her. He said, all of a sudden, the bucks stopped, and they faced off, and they fought. He said, they started fighting right out there in that open field for, he said, probably about five minutes. And the doe had stopped about 50 yards ahead of them, and she stopped and watched them. He said, all of a sudden, they quit fighting. They turned around, and they went the other direction, and the doe went the other direction. <laughs> he, he, said, so, so I guess, he said, I guess it proves the point that it ain't worth fighting over. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, you wonder if she went home pouting. I don't know. I don't know. But he said it was the strangest thing. It was, re- and of course, really cool. The first time he'd seen actually bucks fighting. And he said they went on for about five minutes, and then all of a sudden they stopped, and they just turned around. They walked off in the opposite direction, and the doe just kept going the way she was going. Mm-mm-mm. Hard to figure I'll tell them out. You a, a, yeah, I'll tell you a calling technique. Uh, again, carry your grunt call with you, rattling horns, rattling bag. A calling technique that works really good, again, if you're inside the comfort zone, you're close enough to them, and the doe that creates curiosity is the snort-sniff wheeze. And the snort-sniff wheeze, we've talked about several times on the show, is a challenging sound that deer will do. He's inhaling, exhaling air, and he's wheezing. It sounds like this. And I'm doing it with my lips. And it's saying, hey, let's get it on. Uh, you're, you're aggravating me. You're making me mad. Let's fight. So if that's a dominant buck and he hears other bucks grunting, you add the snort, sniff, wheeze, and you're hid very well where they can't see you, it can trigger that buck to make him come to to you to get that broadside shot. All right, yeah, and that's just one of a lot of techniques. But like you said, the snort, sniff, wheeze is a, a tactic that, you know, you just think about it. You're, just a few years back, nobody knew about it. 
Oh, exactly. You know, that, that was kind of a new thing that was discovered by scientists and studying these deer and, and getting in with these collared deer that had the microphones attached to the collars and stuff. They were able to learn this kind of stuff. And then uh, once the hunting world then became aware of it, it's been a tactic and something to have in your arsenal that it's a killer. I mean, you get the right buck at the right time in the right mood. It's a it's a grand slam on that one. Alex, yeah, but you can also scare deer guys mm-hmm. with the call too. So uh, depends on the deer that you're hunting. Depends on what type of uh, behavior that deer has. You yeah. know, because a true sign that you're hunting an aggressive deer that, that's very aggressive and it might respond to rattling or grunting or the short sniff wheeze is when you find a lot of aggressive rubs in a certain area. That's a true tail sign that 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 deer is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to mention that you got to be careful with that, not to scare the deer. So I would, I would practice that. It's not something I'd go out and say, "Hey, let's try that snort sniff wheeze thing we heard about." And, and I mean, it's something that you really need to be pretty good at before you're going to pull it off. Right. And, and like clicking, that's another new call that mm-hmm. calling technique that they didn't realize bucks were making and. Again, you know, it's something to add to your arsenal. Know when to use it, how to use it, and then uh, what it's for. Well, I can't do the clicking because my wife would get mad if I took the remote with me to the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, clicking, uh, to our listeners, clicking is when a buck is very rhythmic and he just... It's just a part of the breeding ritual and vocalization that they do. And I've done that with my voice. I've got uh, calls. I don't have them handy here with me right now. I apologize about that. But uh, don't be afraid to call the deer. That's one thing that I always tell everybody. Uh, You're going to scare deer, but you're going to call a lot of deer, especially right now. You know, you see a satellite bucket cruising, you hit him a grunt, because he's cruising. He hears that clicking or ears that aggressive tending grunt, he's on he's gonna be beeline it right to you because he's thinking, Oh man, there's a hot doe over there. I'm gonna go check this out. I might be able to steal her from him. Right, so Alex, with that being said, can't you do the same thing with an estrate uh, doe bleat? I mean if you see that satellite bleat, bleat in the in the doe bleat, uh, I mean again, this that? is my opinion. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion. The doe bleat is a contact call. It's it, and doe will seek out bucks. When that you know, if if a, there's not a buck anywhere and, and she's into Esther, she will bleat to make a contact. So carry that can call with you or that grunt call that can make that doe bleat too to create that curiosity, which could bring a deer uh, to create curiosity to make the shot for you. Yeah, and I th- opportunity. Yeah, and I find them pretty handy to stop a buck that's moving. I mean, if you've got one that's in exactly. in, in sight range, mm-hmm. you can you can just do that doe bleat and he will stop and start mm-hmm. looking around. Right. Now, here's a question that we get asked a lot on Facebook and see what uh, Alex thought on it, and we'll touch base when we come back from our break. But one of the questions we get all the time this time of year is, what about blind calling? Should I or should I not do it? And, Alex, we'll touch base on that when we get back from break. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and his friends, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. For whatever kind of fishing you want to do, Denali Rods has got the rod for you. 
Based in Mountain Home, Arkansas, Denali Rods has got rods for all types of fishermen, from the Covert Series to the Attack Series. They are the rod preferred by Alex Rutledge and American Roots Outdoors. Find a dealer near you by logging on their website, DenaliRods.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Alex Rutledge, and I love my Denali Rods. Denali Fishing Rods presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Man, the weather today made me want to go fishing, but I had too many things to do around here to get ready for a rifle season Saturday morning. I've got an 11-year-old boy and his father coming from Louisiana to come and shoot his first Missouri buck, Red Bone and Wayne. And I'm so excited for this child and his dad. Well, that'll be really cool. Hope they get an opportunity to get the deal done. And 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 all indications are, Alex, uh, with the success of the youth hunters, you know, the last two weekends, last weekend in Arkansas, two weekends ago in Missouri, it looks like, and I even saw an MDC report earlier today, that they expect to have a banner year for deer harvest this year in Missouri. Yeah, well, I think so. I think, uh, I hope so. I think uh, the deer numbers look good. However, I will say I'm seeing fewer deer than I have seen in the last, you know, month. Uh, because I know these big dominant bucks are locked down with these does and they're not moving a lot. So that's why you're not seeing a lot, a lot of deer right now. But I think the cooler weather, I do think weather has uh, an effect on deer movement. Cooler weather makes them want to move. They got to move to keep their, you know, their blood warm, just like a human. Uh, if we sat around, we'd freeze to death. You know, right. and something to keep in mind on these cold, cold mornings, deer and turkeys like to get on the sunny hillsides. Keep that in mind when you're hunting this Saturday. They love to go there because that's going to be the first areas where the frost will leave the ground and the food begins to warm up, such as acres or food plot, etc. You know, and speaking of not seeing deer, you know, that's going to go back to the question that we ended the last segment with is when you don't see deer and you've got time going by, What's your thoughts on blind calling? Because that's one of the, the biggest questions we get on Facebook and Instagram this time of year. Again, that, that's a great question. I've answered it many times in, in, all across the country, but it doesn't hurt to blind call. But you never want to start off calling loud and aggressive mm-hmm. instantly. I never do. On any animal, I want to be soft and uh, laid back, so to say. No response. I'm just going to do some tending grunts and give it 10, 15 minutes. Nothing happens. Nothing shows up. Keep the wind in my face. Then I'll I'll get louder with the grunts, another series of grunts. Then I'll do a snort, sniff, wheeze, and actually imitate a a fight. And that's how I brought in a lot of deer right now during the peak rut. So even though the peak rut's going on, uh, these satellite bucks are still going to come into your calling. Right, and you could have a giant buck that is not a dominant buck. So that's another thing exactly. to keep in mind. I mean, you can get, you know, you you could have a 120-class deer whoop the crap out of a 160-class deer just because the 160-class just is not a dominant buck, and he's maybe had his tail kicked too many times in the past, and he just does not want to be challenged. Or maybe he's just old and says, I ain't up for this young kid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and also, I mean, it, it just because he's 120 class doesn't mean that he's not five and a half or six and a half years old. Right. 
I mean, he might be the older deer, right. just not big, uh, big antlers. And, you know, the bigger body deer, more often than not, are going to win that battle be, just because of, uh, because of they're stronger and they've got the advantage. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of turkey hunting when you get a Jake that will whoop the heck out of a Tom. Yep. And that Tom is real careful coming into calls. I mean, he's very call shy then after that. Yeah, I I've, I have footage, Wayne. You know this, Redbone, of year and a half old deer actually intimidating two and a half, three and a half year old deer, and then one that to do with a year and a half old deer because he's more aggressive. You know, I, I I feed the deer in my yard every morning, every evening. I get to watch all types of body language and vocalization. Uh, these does will stand on their back legs and fight like humans and, and paw at each other. And the bucks will do that, too. They don't always fight on the ground. They especially they fight on the back legs if they're in velvet. So you can't always go by the age group saying, well, that's a dominant deer. Because dominant deer come at different ages, just like in humans. Some humans are very, uh, uh, how would you say, I guess, Docile. shy. Yeah. Yep. Docile. Docile. Yep. Shy. Laid back. Then you got some that are just wide open. They're, they're you know, they'll fight at anything or do anything aggressive. So you can't always go by it. But when you're finding the right sign, scrapes and rubs, and you find these key areas, these are great areas to set up in and call in. All right, Alex, we have just uh, just a couple of minutes here, and we'll need to wrap it up. Anything, I mean, here we are, opening weekend of the rifle season. Uh, as we wrap up the radio portion of our of our show here, uh, yeah. you know, just something for people, and, and I know we've talked about this throughout the show, but, you know, just like 60 seconds of here's what I hope that you will do to try and be successful this weekend. Yeah, uh, keep the wind in your face at all times. And think things out. Don't go to an area just because you say, oh, well, I've killed a deer here in the past few years. And thinking you're going to kill a deer every time you go there because it don't always happen. Things can change. Logging down the road or coyotes in there, predators in there. Do your scouting. Uh, if you haven't done your scouting now and you're just going to be luck hunting, you know what that means. You're going to assume. Make things happen. Uh, when you go to extra links and purchase cameras and uh, monitor your trail cameras like the wise eye and use the hunt control system. It helps you create your success. There's no assuming there. Wise eye trail cameras aren't going to lie if they're capturing a buck at the same time every day coming into a food plot. Mm-hmm. Pretty common sense. So focus on the does. Keep the wind in your face. Know where you've been seeing groups of those. Focus on those areas and keep the sun to your back and pay attention to other hunters in the area. If you're hunting next to your neighbors, let your neighbors where you're going to be hunting so you won't be shooting in the same direction of where each other could be in each other's line of fire. Respect landowners. Don't go on land where you don't have permission. Respect each other. It'll make us a better hunting world. Take a kid hunting, and remember, it's not about the kill. It's about the memories being made and the experiences being made. And the only other thing I would add to that is don't forget the peanut butter and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget your or ammo. <laughs> bar or Snickers. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Be safe out there, everybody. We thank you all for listening to American Reach Outdoors. And, uh, you know, it, it's all, our future is in our hands, but it's up to you and I and all of our listeners to share this great sport of white-tailed deer hunting with our children. 
take a kid like I am. I took a kid during the UC, and I'm taking another one, and his dad this coming week. Remember, be safe, shoot straight. Don't worry everybody's at. Don't shoot in line of fire of anybody else. And our saying is, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio True North Tree Stands and Amped Outdoors presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Luck at Mike Creason Studio. Alex is at home watching deer, working on his rough and tough, trying to get that up and running. And we are talking rut, rut, and rut because it is that time of year. And if you're listening to this, that means you are listening to the bonus segment on the podcast. We thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure you leave us a review because we're going to draw winners uh, every few weeks. And uh, the last winner won a um, Wise Eye camera, the new mini camera, and uh, they received it on Friday and uh, got a message from them. They were elated. Can't wait to get oh, it out I'll to their it. farm. And uh, speaking of their farm, you know, it's ongoing joke between Alex and all of us, and is that and and me is that I I still have trouble judging deer here in Missouri compared to what I was used to in Ohio. Right. Well, he sent me a picture off of his trail camera right down the road, and I'm showing Mike right now, <laughs> and I sent it to Alex, and I said, Alex, you wonder why I have trouble judging deer, uh, uh, you know, here in Missouri. <laughs> It ain't a deer. It's it's an odd dad. <laughs> but some somehow he's got an odd dad that is uh, running loose on. Ran through his property and he caught it on trail <laughs> camera. And it's like, well, no wonder I'm having trouble, you know, judging oh, there deer. You go. I mean, that's a spike that's got to be like forty two inch spike. You know? That's crazy. That's that, crazy. Hey Wayne. Yeah. That is not an owl dad. That's an abix. See again. I don't know these Missouri deer, and you got all kinds of names for them. I'm just looking for something brown and down, you know. Ebac, Ebac, Ebac. Okay, what it is. All right. Yeah, but it's. I have no idea where it come from. It's probably one of the neighbors playing a joke on because they know they're from up by St. Louis. That's the way people do things here. Cardboard cutout, put a goat out for you. Right, right. I thought we... Hey, let's talk about, in this bonus segment, I want to hear your hunting strategies for each one of you this coming weekend. All right. Well, I'll start because uh, I probably am not going to hunt on Saturday morning. And the reason being because I've got to go to Marionville, Missouri, which is way over yonder, about three and a half hours mm-hmm. from here uh, for the Thayer Bobcat District Championship game on Friday night. Uh, and I'm probably not going to get home till 1, one thirty in the morning. So, i uh, probably going to sleep in. But then I plan on getting out on Saturday afternoon, and I'm going to be going to a farm near Alton. And, um, Alex, I've kind of depended on the, the farm owner to give me updates. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's seeing deer cross at the places where we have hunted. Uh, I know you talked about this in the radio portion of the show, but where we have hunted before, the deer are still crossing uh-huh. the same areas. Uh, it's, it's easy access, and uh, it's, it, the field is in the sun in the evenings. And the woods are in the in the shade, uh, so I'll be sitting up on the edge of the woods, uh, hunting the field where he's been seeing the deer cross just about every evening for the last couple of weeks. So that's kind of my strategy. And then, you know, whatever happens on Saturday, that will kind of make me 
uh, tend to make my strategy for Sunday. Well, he's done the scouting for you, man. That's, that's yeah, exactly. the way to do it. Exactly. That's, and that's Brian, what Wildside does for us. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, you know, you talk to these landowners, if you're going to be hunting on their farms, they are seeing these deer all the time. And uh, you can get, get just as good a report from them as you can going out there once every you know, once a week for a month and, and trying to glass them. I mean, they're out there every day. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now for this for this weekend. But I am on vacation all next week. And next week, it'll be Katie bar the door on a couple of other places. Well, plus, not only the landowner, talk to the workers and talk to if there's utility workers working the area, like putting poles up in a certain area and that, talk to them, you know, yep. because they're going to be hand, they're going to have all kinds of knowledge of stuff that they're seeing um, every day in that area. But now for me, I'm going off of what my, you know, the wise eye has been, you know, giving me feedback on. And when I pull up the charts and everything, it tells me that, uh, you know, all my movement is between 7.30 and 10 o'clock in the morning. I really have no movement during the middle of the day right now, you know, one doe here or there. But as far as buck movement, it's it's morning hours or the peak hours for me. So um, I have a camera set up on the uh, rub lines and scrape lines right now. And that's where they seem to be uh, visiting. They're going through. They're checking. They're not always hitting them. But uh, if, like we t- said before, a couple episodes ago, that is just because you're not the rub has not, or excuse me, the scrape has not been hit, doesn't mean they're not visiting it because they're going to stay downwind of that scrape. And they're just they're going to go by smell. They have and no reason to walk up yeah. to it unless there's something in it. Now, if you've been, if you go in there and you you pour some dough urine into it or some dough and heat into it, then odds are they are going to come right into it and hit it again, maybe overnight. And they're going to want to frequent it in the daytime more because it's like, well, wait a minute, something came here during the day and I missed it. So I'm going to change my routine up a little bit. But just because that scrape ain't been hit, you know, in the last 24 hours doesn't mean that that buck has not walked by. So. That's where I'm going. To, I'd be setting up uh, if my surgeon had cleared me. That's where I'd be this weekend uh, right now because my cameras and my, this hunt control is just showing me that uh, that is the highest activity for me right now. Yeah, Alex. What well, about I, want, you? I want to tell you something that I've learned with Wise Eye, and I knew that deer uh, when they quit using them doesn't mean he's left the area. Mm-hmm. It just means that he, you know, he's got the does. He's with the does, so he doesn't have. Doesn't have to work as hard, but other bucks will come along and urinate and scrapes, and other does will also. Uh, I made a mock scrape, Wayne and I did, on one of my other farms, and I took a cedar bush, that, uh, a limb, and hung it over the limb of a pine tree where I made the mock scrape. And this has been over a week ago when I put urine in those scrapes, and uh, it's a buck urine and doe urine both. We've got more deer hitting it now than we did when we initially put it up. So it hasn't been freshened up in, in a week. We've got more deer hitting it again now than ever before. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, speaking of that, I just had a picture sent to me 24, me minutes, 24 minutes ago of a doe well, sniffing go. that scrape that you uh, that you made just a week and a half ago. Yeah, I, I just got a picture right now. Let me see which one it is. Uh no, these are other does that's walking by scrapes. What I do, one of my strategies, everybody, I take my wise-eye cameras once the scrape activity is really picked up. Instead of keeping the focus on the overall food plot, I'll put it right on the scrapes where I can monitor what bucks are coming by the scrapes. Mm-hmm. Once they quit hitting those scrapes, then I'll move those scrape cameras back to the main food source, food plot, etc., to capture how many deer it may be coming into that food source. 
Yeah, we just sat one up uh, the other day on a rub line over at uh, on my place. Uh, Alex put one up. I dropped him off on ones that we didn't have a good signal because we're using the new mini cam, which mm-hmm. they say, you know, it, it, you don't get quite the same signal strength that you do with the double antenna, regular cam. Right. So Alex had to move up the ridge line a little bit more, but uh, I told him, you know, there's a, he knew exactly what I was talking about too, where there's a, just a well-used deer path coming through and he put it up on there. There's a, it's a nice rub line going through that way. And uh, sure enough, I mean, we're getting, um, I don't think it, Alex, I think it was what, like 20 minutes after you set that up and we pulled out of there that boom, we had a deer on pick. And um, it's been exactly. it's been giving me stuff now. All the activity mainly is at uh, at nighttime on that one still. But again, that's off the the field, and the bucks that are coming through are going through that. You know, it's about twenty five, thirty yards off the field. They're just checking that wind. You know, they have no reason to go out in the middle of the field and expose themselves when they can just win them. You know, does that are out in the field looking for that hot one. Exactly. Exactly. So my strategy is. Uh, the next five days, I'm taking, again, a father and son from Louisiana, uh, Branson and Duck. And this is Branson's first time to ever go out of the state of Louisiana. And according to my wise eyes, both these guys should shoot nice bucks in the next five days here with me hunting my different farms that I got. So uh, bear with me. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I'll be posting pictures, and our strategy is, again, is to hunt the does and the travel routes going to food sources and close to bedding areas where we can see, you know, two, three hundred yards. And hopefully the bucks, some big mature bucks guarding does, they'll come out into the food sources when we close the deal. That's my strategy for the next five days. Out of curiosity, are you going to be taking a decoy out with you? You know what? I thought about that. I've got my decoys. I prepped them all up in the last two weeks. They're ready to go, and I may do that so the child can experience that. Mm-hmm. I think it would be breathtaking. We're going to be filming the hunts for the kid and his father, so they'll have it also. Also for our show. Right, right. Well, I know we're out of time for this segment and for this uh, this episode. And uh, you know, next week we'll be covering some more and hopefully hear some great stories of how the hunt went this weekend with the. Uh, with duck and that, and um, I can't wait to see the pictures. And you know, everybody, I encourage everybody go to social our social media pages, check us out. Again, leave us a review on the podcast here so you can get entered in for a contest. We will be drawing a winner for another giveaway next week. And uh, like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. 